Today on CityCast Chicago. This weekend, the Chosen Few Festival and Picnic is back in Jackson Park after two years being online. And the beloved House Music Festival couldn't come at a better time. With new releases from superstars Beyonce and Drake boasting huge house influences. All this makes it a perfect time to remember house music was born in Chicago and the black, brown, and LGBTQ communities. DJ Lori Branch was there when it all started. On their radio show, Branch and Lauren Lowry continue to remind people of House's Chicago roots. Oh, and that Beyonce and Drake didn't really bring House back because it never left. It's Thursday, June 30th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. Branch and Lowry's show, Vintage House, is on WNUR. Lowry is also co-founder of the Modern Dance Music Research and Archiving Foundation. Branch grew up on the city's south side and started going to the Warehouse, a club on the near west side in her teens. Can you describe what was it like from when you pulled up on the block to where you got to the dance floor? Yeah, you typically pulled up behind the block. On a, <laughs> uh, uh, or, or or if you were more like most of the kids, you was on the bus getting off at the block. <laughs> but, you know, this party started at midnight on Saturdays. It was uh, it didn't jump off until, you know, two, two or three o'clock in the morning. This is an abandoned part of the city. It's not as built up as it is right now. Well, 206 South Jefferson. So um, it is on sort of the western edge of the loop and slightly south, like, like near Adams. We were kids, so we probably got there at 1230, you know, uh, right near the start. And you park behind where you hear the vibration of the warehouse coming from the building emanating. So this was um, kind of a deserted area. So you could be anonymous there. You can, you know, kind of let your hair down. And people could come dressed as they were without being harassed once they got there. Now, many, many of them got business on the bus. But once you arrived, you're in the safe space. You're supposed to be 18 and over to get in there. I was not 18. I had a fake ID that we got on Maxwell Street. <laughs> so you go into this, this lounge area where people are chilling. And it's, it's tastefully decorated with booths and little love seats. Uh, and then you go down another little rickety flight of stairs that leads you right to the dance floor. It's pulsating. It's you're 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 in it. You're swallowed up by the sound. You're feeling it. Uh, they've got these large windows where you can actually sit in there. Sometimes people slept in there. Like how you could go to sleep in there, I don't know. Oh uh, you know, those <laughs> deep, deep wells in the windows. Uh, people are, are, are with the shirts off, with fashion, no fashion, come as you are, uh, posing. Lots of men, mostly black people, but certainly a smattering of everybody else, white people, women, straight, gay, uh, Latinos, Asians, sort of a little bit of everybody. That 
that was what the experience was like. It was all encompassing. Most people stayed till they sweat their clothes off. And, you know, we'd come out and the sun was coming up and you'd get home and try not to fall asleep in the car while you're driving. Rock your body. Rock your body. Rock your body. Gee, that was, um, that was a st- At one point, I don't know if you saw me, I was like, when you was going down the rickety <laughs> stairs to the dance floor, I could hear it. I could feel it. I mean, the, the visuals that you provide. You can feel it. Yeah. So let's do a brief history. You know, what is house and where does it come from? Lauren, can you, can you start this off for us? You know, house music, as I believe, is a synergy of different music forms, uh, many of them African-derived from funk to disco, et cetera, combined with, you know, a lot of electronica, maybe a lot of European, you know, sort of music, craft work, et cetera. A lot of these people had influences into house music, but really, it really is sort of an African-centered music form. And it came from a need for people to enjoy what I believe was, um, I consider it was, was disco that was almost banned by all of America mm-hmm. at a certain point. Yeah. They, at one point they had a, like a disco burning at Comiskey during, during the White Sox game. Cause a, cause a local radio DJ was Absolutely. you know up in arms about the, the popularity. You know, there's, a, there's always issues around to the black music, you know, generally someone's always saying mm-hmm. something about it, but you know, clearly disco didn't die and disco evolved. And it evolved in the underground clubs and then evolved with, and I think people thought disco was primarily a gay and black music, but the gay community in Chicago really embraced music, brought it to another level, brought Robert Williams, who created the warehouse, brought in Frankie Knuckles from New York, another gay um, human being who was a music aficionado. And and brought in, you know, this unbelievable music form by mixing different forms of music together with beats and sounds that had maybe not been put together before. You mentioned uh, Frankie Knuckles, who was working out in New York alongside Larry Levin. You know, they were you know playing at the gallery. And then Frankie, you know, through Robert Williams, comes to Chicago in the late 70s to the warehouse. DJ Laurie, you know, Frankie is doing this before like House the Name really like catches or is popularized. So so when we say he's mixing music, what what is that signature sound that people start getting from from Frankie when he's playing in the clubs from what midnight to seven in the morning? Yeah. Well there's a couple things. It was not just the music, because Frankie played R and B, he played Italian disco, American disco, he played rock music, he played uh stuff that was down tempo, up tempo. He's also adding elements that we hadn't used before, electronic, you know, uh, drum machines, you know, different things to sort of boost the feeling and to create that through line uh, for that eight hours that he was spinning, you know, eight, nine hours, long nights. I was there sometimes the whole time. <laughs> it was beautiful. But what made it real was that, uh, as Robert Williams likes to say, it was the application. So it's the creating of this very special place. So that's why people have such reverence for the warehouse. This, there are other bars that were playing disco music, but the experience, that kind of you know sound system that is created to envelop the dancer, and and the, the, the place that Robert Williams was created was very special.
Lauren, when, when people tell stories of, of these different clubs around the city, you know, and again, we're talking about some that maybe serve alcohol, some that are that are juice bars. You know, is this all happening underground? Is this something that people are like, you have to be like in the in crowd? You got to be hip. You got to know somebody to know somebody to know about it. Or is this like, you know, a pretty well known popular spot? You know, I think it depends on your crowd, but I think it was a pretty well known popular spot for those people who enjoyed music, who loved music, who wanted to be in the scene and just wanted to be in the party. So whether you're in high mm-hmm. school or not, you wanted to be in that scene. And I want you to think about and remember that the some of the people creating, you know, the artwork and doing the flyers and telling people, maybe these people are kids like Lori's age. They're 17, 18, 19 years old. Mm. You know, my experience is a little different. I, I didn't make it to the warehouse, but I went to some of these underground clubs because my colleagues and friends from high school were doing the sound systems. And next thing you know, I'm like under Michigan Avenue under (laughs) in this club. And, you know, I said there was a bunch of men dancing together and I'm like, this is interesting. And just partying. I'm like, this is a different, uh, I don't know what's going on here, but Uh I'm having a good time. You don't even know what's going on. You just want to be in the music. You just want to be in the space. The music, brought people out. It was unique. It was different. It made people happy. It spread love. And it was not violent. Where is this name coming from? Is it the warehouse? Is it the house parties? Is it you can make the beats at your house because, you know, technology meant you didn't have to be at a studio? You know, where is this name really derived for? Is it all of the above? Listen, I think it's all of the above because Mm -hmm. I've heard so many stories about it. Like people would say, I'm uh, this is like warehouse music. Uh, Leonard Leonard Roy, who is a friend of mine, and he, you know, claims that he kind of created the term that he was. It was about, you know, he he put he was the one who at least we know put the sign in the window, say we play house music here at a club on 71st and Cottage Grove, somewhere around there. Uh, And then you hear people say, well, I made it in my house. So it's kind of house music. I like to say, why don't we give credit to the whole group? Who are the other big names or the tracks that's popularizing house during this run? You know, when you're walking into some of these clubs, who are you hearing? And what are the songs that, you know, getting replayed two, three times? Yeah. I mean, there's so many. It's, it's hard to name. A lot of our influences. I mean, we you know, look, Salso, Prelude, all those artists, you know, Tanya, Tanya Gardner. And mm-hmm. if, when we start thinking of the transition from disco to house, you know, that's when you start hearing the tracks that are made by our own people. So, you know, starting in like the 83, 84 with Jesse Saunders and Chippy mm-hmm. and, on and, and on um, Steve and Hurley. Time to Jack. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's, there's a, you know, a great uh, Joe, Joe Smooth, you know, mm-hmm. these, these were, that's when it really kicked off. And so you're getting a mixture of sort of, you know, the Ron Hardy, Frankie Knuckles magic with mm-hmm. what's happening with these kids who are my age, my contemporaries, making music, Craig Loft is, you know, at the clubs. And then you start to have people emulating that. So around this time, Lauren, you know, we talking, right, the mid, late 80s, you know, rapping and, and hip hop music is rocketing into the mainstream. And, and we talk about how people felt in the clubs, in the safe space, listening to house music. But what was the reaction to house music outside of the clubs? Is it, is it experiencing this same boom? You know, Chicago embraced house music for sure. 
I mean, they didn't okay. hate hip hop, but they loved house music. And the great thing about the popular mediums at the time is that we were able to share that in many different places. People somehow discount how these, how this music form found its way throughout the world. Uh, we had the tapes, the eight track, you know, the, the little tapes, and then you had albums. All these things were spreading the music, not just across Chicago, not just across the Midwest, not just to New York, not just to LA, but again, to London, Europe, Amsterdam, mm-hmm. Berlin, et cetera. In 87, you know, mayor, a new mayor in Chicago decides that they want to, you know, shut down these late night parties. Is house music linked to these clubs in the sense of when the clubs stop being open as late, the house music drops? Or does the genre sort of, you know, sustain itself even as this backlash to the club scene is picking up? So you have a couple things colliding. You know, you have like, you know, the environment around us is very oppressive. You know, you do have a new mayor. We lost Mayor Harold Washington. We've got Reagan as a president. And you have the people who were like me who are kind of moving away from it. You know, we don't mention HIV, but HIV was having a devastating effect on the people who created this genre. You know, we lost so many people. I I, I talk about that wonderful scene at the warehouse and I could tell you so many of those men are no longer here and they they have they were dying. Uh, Producers were dying. You know, DJs were dying. Uh, and so and then you had, you know, kind of a backlash. There was a, a, a bit of a backlash on all of that. So folks like myself, Alan King, Jesse Saunders, we, you know, they moved away from the genre or at least away from the city. So kind of the, the fire that was here, uh, at least the, the beginning of it, you know, the people who were around in the early 80s, late 70s, who were just kind of lighting the match, you know, they had sort of dissipated somewhat. You did have a new crew, though. We call them the second generation. You know, the Dion Hunters and the Glenn Undergrounds and those kind of people who were really starting to make a name for themselves. And it didn't go away. It was just much more diffused. The new releases from Queen B and Drake. It's not like this is the first time we're hearing those influences from house and new music. Uh, but why are they spurring so much conversation, DJ? It's the notion that somehow she's resurrecting something that needed to be resurrected. And so when I've read all of the, the comments on, on social media and some of the headlines from a lot of the reporters, you know, you would think house music died and Beyonce was like, you know, bringing it back to life. And so I think the house music community is like, OK, it didn't need to be resurrected. You know, it, it has an underground feel for a reason. That's why it makes it so good. I think what if she did anything, she sort of put a commercial tent on it. Um, but there's even a lot of criticism around that. Now, a lot of people feel like it's a great move that any time that house music gets shine from celebrities as big as Drake and Beyonce, that does nothing but elevate something that is homegrown Chicago and now international. It elevates our, our music that much more. When you when we're hearing these new releases and people immediately reach for house, what is it that they're latching on to when you hear a break my soul? What are those sounds that people are gravitating towards that make them say, this feels like it's, it's, it's in the house lineage? Well, when I think about, you know, we've heard references to Show Me Love and some other influences that in Beyonce's song. Yeah, and by, by I, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, 
quintessential house, 90s, early 90s, you know, internationals. It's one of those things that you can associate with. This is house. I think they're looking for a feeling. In the case of Beyonce, now, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan. I love Beyonce. Her remixes are dope. I play them all the time. Uh, and, and I made a comment on social media that often people who are not used to doing house music, when they attempt to do house music as a start off, instead of like a house music producer being at the table at the beginning, it can come off a little bit, uh, a little, I don't know, derivative, for lack of a better term. And that is, unfortunately, I think, the criticism that she's received from this. Lauren, when you first heard these projects and, and this single, what was your original reaction? Did it sound like house music to you or did it did it sound like artists who were, you know, maybe reaching a little bit? I think everything derives from house. I mean, that's sort of, mm. you know, how I look at most music. I look at everything from a historical standpoint. You know, this is uh, how do we get people to think more about house music as black music, house music yeah. that's African derived? Generally, I don't care how we get to that point. Um, I just want us to get to that point. As we look at this music form, we want to put it in the canon of all Black music, blues, jazz, gospel, all of these. House music is influenced by all of these things. And it is quintessential Black music made by Black people who happen to grow up in the city of Chicago. Someone like me is just happy that people start to think about the history of house, think about its gay roots, think about it, its Black roots. Really, we're hoping, I'm hoping to go off a, a little bit off your question that this resurges the pioneers' ability to make the millions off of you know mm-hmm. this music form that has expanded globally. Since the Chosen Few Festival is this weekend, I want to know from both of y'all, uh, are you going and do you got any recommendations? Yeah, I, well, we will be there. I, I love everybody that they're bringing to. I've, I've never had the chance... Uh, to see my sister live, uh, the guest DJ who's been Natasha. Natasha uh, Diggs, yeah. So I'm excited to see her. And Lauren, who are you excited to see this weekend? I know you the the lineup is is stacked. Any anybody in particular? Well, you know, I always like the early acts. You know what I mean? Like I love the listen. I love the chosen few. Okay, so <laughs> I love what black I folks say. Listen, you know, listen. I love the chosen few. But it's always great for me. Like I think what Usan Lande is there, and I love you know anybody from the continent. I like to see what they're doing with the music because that's the mm-hmm. future right now. I mean, they are on fire. They reverence Chicago. They pay homage to uh, the people who brought them the music and they know it's African. So they uh, encourage it and spread it. And I just want to see what other people are doing with the music across the, the globe. Well, thank y'all both so much for joining me. Two of the co-hosts of WNUR's Vintage House Show, DJ Lori Branch and archivist Lauren Lowry. Thank y'all for joining CityCast Chicago to remind people Chicago is the birthplace of house music and honestly the birthplace of most of the things that you find cool in this country. Thank y'all for making time for us. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. R. Kelly has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for sex trafficking and racketeering in New York. Last year, the disgraced R&B singer was convicted on all nine counts related to his sex trafficking case. Kelly's Chicago trial for additional charges starts in August. 
The city says it will be adding concrete barriers to all protected bike lanes by the end of 2023. They say construction will begin immediately and another 10 miles of concrete protected lanes will be added before the end of this year. The announcement comes after a fourth child was killed in a biking collision in June. And some good news to get you through. Speaking of bike safety, today at Douglas Park, there'll be a workshop for residents with disabilities and their families to learn how to use and access adaptive bikes. It'll begin at 10 a.m. and there'll be another five workshops over the next couple months. I'll drop a link for you in the show notes. As always, for more Chicago news, subscribe to our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm newsletter. I'll be here tomorrow. I hope you'll join me. Peace. However it got its name, it's one of the hottest things going, and as Jay Levine reports, it may only be a matter of time before house musicians become heroes in their own home. <laughs>